Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Ashe and Matt, who are the co-founders of Encodes. Hey guys, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, it's going great. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Also, we are live right now. Literally, if you're listening to this podcast, you might be wondering, how do you usually record? And it's almost always over Zoom. But right now, I'm staring at these guys right in front of me, <laughs> which is awesome. So I'm excited. For sure, yeah. So let's just start off with, what's Encoat? What are you working on? So at Encoat, we've engineered paint, plaster, and stucco to provide insulated properties that could save a homeowner between 30 to 40% on their heating and cooling costs. So is... is Encoat, would I use Encoat if I own a home? To uh, So there's two things, pretty much, and I'm probably going to be wrong, so correct me. So it saves me money on heating and cooling, but it, and is it also like somewhat sustainable? I guess, can you, can you um, let's talk about that first end. How does it save me money? How does it work? So, the te- yeah, so the easiest way to think of it is you have fiberglass insulation, which just slows down heat from coming into your home, but eventually the heat enters, your air conditioner turns on, or in the winter, your heater would turn on. These coatings, they not only slow down heat, but they store it at a specific temperature so that your air conditioner heater isn't turning on as often. Think of an ice chest. You put ice in it, you put the ice chest outside, the ice is eventually gonna melt, but it's still gonna try to keep the inside of that ice chest at a freezing temperature. It's the same concept. You shrink the ice chest into these tiny microspheres, which are like the diameter of your hair, and you we put them into regular coatings that are on 99% of buildings. And that's pretty much the whole technology. So sounds like it's genius. What are your, what are both of your backgrounds? Like how do you create this? Right. So both of us uh, are civil engineers by background and our research during our PhD was in material science and basically developing new construction materials. So we have expertise in basically anything that goes into your infrastructure, like concrete, wood, steel, pavements, so all of those things. And so during our research, we came across this problem where we were trying to solve uh, the problem of cracking in concrete. So when you have a freezing and thawing climate, water freezes inside concrete and leads to cracking. And we were trying to work with the Department of Transportation over here and helping them solve it. And after we successfully implemented the project with them, we thought, you know, uh, what would be a better application of the same technology? Can we actually use the same concept, same scientific principles to have a household or a homeowner benefit from this? And that's when we saw huge potential in the coatings industry where, so anything, any wall that you see has some sort of coating on it. It can be an interior or exterior coating. So it could be a paint, could be plaster or stucco. And we have expertise in all of those materials. We were like, let's try it. And we tried it and it worked. So that's how we came onto ENCODE. So ENCODE basically stands for energy saving coatings. So that's where we came up with the name. And that's what we're doing now. And I'm talking to geniuses. This is great. <laughs> Literally. That is, it's fun. I'm like, there's so many times where I talk to people who are technical. They like, they, they have yeah. a technical skill set and man, it's just so cool. Uh, you know, that's, that's you two. You're both technical, which is awesome. I'm curious. What did you first start? If you can give me a little bit of a timeline 
Um, I'd love to hear the trajectory of the company. I know a lot has happened in the last yeah. year or two years. So can you just give me a little bit of a timeline on when you started and just roughly what has happened up until this point on a very high level? Yeah, so uh, Matt and I met in 2013 when I came to Arizona State for my PhD. And we were both graduate students working on our independent research. Uh, mine was more like simulation and modeling of uh, complex chemical reactions and complex physical phenomena. Max was more on experimental testing and basically doing things outside in the field. And both of us like came together on one project when we were uh, trying to solve the problem of cracking in concrete. And that was probably around 2015 and we worked on it for a couple of years. And then we thought of it, you know, uh, how if we could implement the same idea into codings. And we were about to graduate and both of us were thinking, what's the next step? What should we do? And we didn't want to just go and work in just some company filling out Excel sheets. We actually wanted to take the technology that we developed and implement it for good use. And so we thought, you know, it'd be a good idea to just try out a venture. Like we we can take a lot of risk at this age. And, and what year was this, remind me? That was probably towards the end of 2017. Okay, so we're talking about it. So it's about like about about yeah two and a half two, three years yeah yeah okay and we started working on the technology and uh, we perform a lot of experiments in the lab to see like which way is it working the best and how much savings can we actually generate for a homeowner and finally in about uh, in early 2019 we decided to file the patent on the technology. Uh, with the help of the tech transfer office over here. And then we were all in, like, we were like, okay, we want to do this. Awesome. So, all yeah. in. Uh, so what does your days look like? Like I, 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 I kind of come from the world of bits, you know, coding, yeah. you know, using software and, uh, you know, I, I, I have no idea what, how, what you would even do, how you would operate a company like this. So like, what do you spend your time on most of the day? So we first, sat down and were like, okay, like most startups, who's going to buy this product? And it shouldn't be like a nice to have, it should be a must have. So we sat down and brainstormed, who are we gonna to talk to first? And we're like, well, maybe data centers. They have a huge problem with heat. And we go and we talk to data centers and everyone within a data center. And we were like, okay, that's not really a must have. So then we started looking up all of the conferences that have to do with codings, building materials, construction, and you know, started flying everywhere from Texas, uh, San Francisco, Denver, everywhere, going to these big conferences, talking to these people, and finally, we realized, you know what, we need to start focusing in on property managers, uh, contractors, all these people that deal with green or net zero buildings. So from that point, our days consist of who are those people that we need to talk to, what sort of government initiatives are being pushed more towards energy efficiency uh, basically developing our business plan where if we're at this stage now what is you know two years in the future going to look like five years manufacturing looking at which sort of you know investors we need to start talking to so really it's we do everything we're finance we're the technical we're the business yeah, yeah. Right now. I mean, so what I would add is that, so it's like any other startup where you have to consider product development 
but at the same time you have to consider all the other aspects of the startup as well so on this journey like we're scientists and we know all about the technology but as the day goes on you need to think about accounting finance raising funds business pitching your company to other investors and go going and doing some customer discovery and market research so some of the days we'd concentrate on one part one part so come early in the morning and just start doing like whole lot of market research that day just trying to contact the relevant people and talk to them find out what their problem is and other days we would be like talking to our lawyers basically just honing in on the intellectual property that we have trying to file more patents on the technology and so we need to we kind of come up with certain milestones that we want to hit in the coming years and every week or every month we would divide into okay who's going to be doing the market research part who's going to be doing the accounting part who's going to be in the lab working all day and there are days where you are itching to go into the lab but you can because you have some other task that you need to finish and everything's equally important so yeah as uh, steve blank would say sometimes you just got to get out of the building <laughs> exactly yeah uh, which is uh I remember I learned that at ASU. Speaking of ASU, oh, here, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a very famous quote of his, but he is. Um, I learned that in like the TEM program. And time flies. We're at. If you're listening, which you obviously are, if you're if you're hearing these words, we're at a Arizona State University's campus right now in one of the engineering wings. Um, and it's cool to be back because like I graduated from here four years ago, and it's awesome to be talking to students, former students, alumni, you know, associated with ASU. I'm kind of curious how, um, you know, actually don't, I haven't, I, I've done some research, but not massive amounts of research. Like, can you kind of explain to me some of the resources that have been available to you through ASU? Actually, forget ASU. Overall, you've done a lot. Like, you, yeah. like a lot of opportunities have popped up, including stuff at ASU. Can you kind of just dive into what's happened to you or for you, you know, in the last year? And what opportunities have kind of like popped up, whether it be, you know, press, money, connections, et cetera? Yeah. So, yeah, over the last year, like, we're excited because so much has happened in a year that we would have imagined would have taken like five years. First is, how do we start? So ASU provides this program called uh, Venture Devils. Venture Devils puts you with a mentor who has experience with entrepreneurs. And we got lucky enough to get partnered with a couple of mentors that helped guide us in the right direction, refining our pitch deck. Do you, do you mind me asking, um, who, uh, if you, who, do you mind sharing who your mentors were? Sure. If you're open to it. If not, that's fine. I mean, yeah. So yeah, so the first mentor that we got, uh, her name was Saria. Uh, Saria Gerard. Yeah. And she was basically a young entrepreneur herself. And she, I think her company was two or three years old at the time when, nice. when we were associated with her. So we got to know some of the pitfalls and you know what, what how can things go wrong and then later on we were matched with glenn thomas who is also our current mentor and he helps us a lot so he's been a serial entrepreneur and he has like over 20 25 years of experience with different startups in different roles and i think we are just really fortunate to be connected with all these mentors through the asu venture devils program yeah it's been immensely helpful for for sure. So yeah, in the Venture Devils, they helped us refine our pitch deck so that we won some money at their demo day they had. And we yeah, won several times at that competition. We decided to go on and participate in the Rice Business Plan competition. So that was really fun, like 42 teams over like 800 
different people applied from all throughout the world. We're fortunate enough to meet, you know, everyone and just really took in that experience. And from there, it launched us to where, you know, we need to start just talking to everyone and anyone. So going to, you know, clean tech, energy forums, uh, people, it, it's funny how small of a world it is whenever you start talking to everyone in your space, everyone knows everyone. And that helped us whenever we were applying for this technology incubator program where we got into it and now we're going to be able to get our technology validated through one of the national laboratories. And probably the biggest thing through all the competitions getting into this incubator was that we were mentioned in the Forbes 30 under 30 list, which was huge for us. You were just mentioned it. Were you like, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were in it. Yeah, we were yeah. in the energy yeah, list. Yeah, in the and, 2020 list for energy. Yeah, and that, that was really like just the peak of towards the nice. end of this year. Yeah, like everything was just launched after. Did you know? Like, if you, I don't know if you're under confidentiality. I have 0% how that works. But like, do you, do you know that you're on the list before they announce it? Or... I don't think so. No, not at all. We didn't get any indication. Yeah. We just they Damn, just messaged cool. us yeah. and told us that can like you've been nominated by someone, uh, but that doesn't mean there's like twenty thousand people who are nominated. They yeah. only select six hundred in twenty different categories. So yeah, I, we didn't know about it Damn. until yeah. it was announced. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so I kind of hear lightly a few parallels between you. And another startup coming out of ASU like four years ago that kind of like actually see similar trends. So, so there's this company called Air Garage. And yeah, so Air Garage killed it in the, in the system at ASU and in Phoenix. They just like, they crushed it. And then Jonathan and Scott decided to move out to SF and they're now in big money land. Like they've raised a lot of money and they're doing, they're doing great, which kind of leads me to like wonder what is like you dominated it seems like the resources yeah. that asu offers in a good way like you're you're the perfect poster child of what they want to come out of the program right i'm curious what is next less for, for this question less about the product and more about just like business strategy and, and scaling um i guess how you you're you're on this high like what's next is it vc is it bootstrapping as long as you can how do you think about that stuff yeah, I mean, scaling-wise, we uh, we have planned in our milestones that we'll be raising some funding this year. And basically, uh, until now, we've done some pilot projects and we're gathering data on the technology. But then in the coming year or years, we have a sense of the target market where this technology is a must-have. And that is probably going to be California. So we are beginning to like meet with home builders and target these specialty or niche areas, which is uh, a must have for our technology right now. And then as we branch out, then we'll probably be accessible or trying to access other states as well who are moving towards the energy efficiency criteria where our codings are going to be more useful. If you don't mind me asking, um, I, I always ask this type of question when I'm interviewing or just talking with founders outside of the Bay, but specifically in Phoenix, um, in, in terms of raising money, um, if you don't mind sharing, like, how do you think about raising money? Is it a foreign concept that you feel like you don't have a grasp of? Do you, did you nail it? Cause like the, the all ASU's training, because how do you think of that? Um, what I called it when I, when, I, when we raised funding, like that league, like the big leagues, do you, um, 
how, how do you feel about it? How do you think about it when you go into it? Yeah, I think really ASU, the Venture Devils program, our mentors really prepared us for what to expect and the type of questions you ask. It's all about de-risking an investor's investment. Like they, you, you want them to feel comfortable. And so knowing that from the get-go has helped us sort of like form the network and form our thinking, our business plan, everything to ju do just that is to de-risk any investment, whether it's family and friends, angel, VC. And I think so far, you know, we're doing pretty good as far as hitting our milestones with what we need to do. Have you, like, I, I kind of get this, like, I'm not a VC. I, I feel like if I, if I, <laughs> yeah. if I was one, I would, I feel like it would be cool because I'm talking to all these early founders, like, but I'm not, I'm just a guy that loves talking to mm -hmm. early stage founders. But I get this feeling that after talking to now 130 founders on the podcast, you pretty much, if you walked into a Sequoia, or Andreessen Horowitz, or just any kind of like top tier VC firm, they'd be like, holy shit, where'd you come from? Like you are two technical founders who have like done so much without any VC. And what just baffles me is there's so many, a good amount of companies or founders like you that just figure it out without needing that million dollar seed round. And it just makes me so excited for your future. But when you do raise money, if you do it right, and I'm sure you will, like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. You're like, you're, I feel like any VC yeah. listening to this probably already thinks you're awesome. You know, it's just like pretty exciting. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've been fortunate that when we were traveling to do our market research and customer discovery, we were able to meet with a lot of VCs. And when we would pitch in front of all these VCs, you get really good feedback because you know, they are the ones who are going to have like a long-term relationship with your startup. So they, as early as you can pitch to them, you get an idea of what they are actually looking for, right? So you have a certain set of milestones in your mind, but then after interacting with them, they'll tell you, okay, you need, like, you're here right now at step one, we need you to be here. And then we would be, and then they monitor your progress over time. So that helps you. Like, even if they're not investing right now, we know at what level we need to be to get that investment. And the earlier you get in touch with them, I have found, and from the feedback we've got from other founders, it's, it's, it's much better for your startup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully agree. I wish people, more people did that. Um, in my experience, when I first started my company, I cold emailed, I don't know, like however many VCs it's like, yo, like I'm doing this, but there was one that I pursued for like two years. His name was Jason Calacanis. Yeah. And after a certain amount of hustle, like it landed and he didn't land because he liked me in that moment. It landed. I was like, he had two years of data. And if you just like, this is quote by Mark Schuster, who, which is pretty much like VCs don't invest in lines. They invest in dots. Sorry. They don't invest in dots. They invest in lines. So paint the lines yeah. for the VCs. Um, and you know, that, that's what yeah. they invest in. Right. So, what other, you know, outside of, of, of Encodes, um, at least two questions. First question is, uh, I know either way is fine, but do you make t any time for things outside of Encode, like hobbies, passions, interests, even if it's um, not related to Encode? And like, you like, that's a, I'm just curious how you think about, just like, what are your interests outside of this or if they're related to this? Um, just what do you think about when you're not actively working on it? I'm curious about that. I mean, we have a lot of ideas from our research that came out and we just decided to pursue the idea of energy saving codings because we thought that the timing is right and we should yeah. be doing working on ENCODE. But then at the same time, we've been thinking of 
some other products which could also be high potential and high growth in the infrastructure sector. Um, and when I mean, when I'm not working on Encode, there are like times when I would be looking at some grants which I could actually apply to to pursue something else. And then other than that, I mean, of course, you need to balance your startup life with your own life. So we need to have some hobbies. So I'm currently into CrossFit. So I nice. go, I, I try to make it a point to go at least five times a week. And see, how many times a five? week? Five. So for, for some reason, I like this is what CrossFit does to does to me. You said five, I heard ten, and I'm not even surprised because like CrossFit yeah. is just this like CrossFit, do it, you know. Yeah. And it's great. I love the energy. Yeah. I um, yeah. I have a friend that's into CrossFit, and it's just it, I should do it one day. I don't know. Just, I would probably die. But. Yeah, this guy is always telling me every day. Like, you, you should, should yeah, you should try. You should. I'm like, no, I'm just used to going in the gym, lifting, you know, and then yeah. running on the treadmill or something. But yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. probably try it one of these days. <laughs> so, so one of your your hobbies is is um, CrossFit. Is yeah. that you like to do anything yeah. else that you that you enjoy no, no, outside like, of this? Or is that I like fun? to play outdoor sports on the weekends, nice. like Saturday and Sunday. What are some of your favorite sports? So I play cricket usually. There's some leagues in Arizona, so I play over there. And then this this season, I'm kind of getting excited about going snowboarding. Mm. I'm just starting next week. Nice. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know in Arizona that you can snowboard, and <laughs> you can literally just go two hours north and be there. But yeah, me like I, I snowboard. I, I'm pretty busy because at a young age I started a family. So I have two daughters and a wife back home. That when I'm not focused on the company, I'm there with them, and you know we do all kinds of stuff like go to San Diego snowboarding, uh, like playing racquetball, volleyball, yeah, really outdoorsy kind of stuff that can take my mind, you know, away from the company for a little bit, but at the same time, just gives me that freedom to just enjoy life. Uh, yeah. Do you ever, uh, do you have any interest in Colorado? Like, is that a state that you ventured around at all? Oh, oh yeah. We love Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have the most important question I've ever asked any guest. Have you ever <laughs> hiked a 14er? You know what a 14er is? A 14,000 feet. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's what it is. Have you ever hiked? Well, yeah. In the, I feel like I'm. I think Humphreys is 12,600. Yeah. That's, I've, that's I've right. Hiked, I've hiked Humphreys. Okay. Yeah, so that's like a 14er. It's like a 14 minus 1.4er. But it's getting. No. no I'm, just, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I like, I'm pretty like religious about it. I just love 14ers. And there's 54 yeah. of them. I've hiked two of them. I want to hike the other 52. And I want to go to Colorado one day. Uh, and I just, I just fucking love Colorado. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, but like, what, you, you guys both kind of perked up at Denver. Yeah. Why, I, I'm curious. Is, did you guys have a good business meeting in Denver? What, what happened in Denver that kind of gave you that, that yeah. feeling? So basically, whenever we're doing our customer discovery, yeah, we've been there twice now. Okay. We we're there for the EBA conference, the Energy Efficient Builders Alliance. Builders Alliance, right? And we went to this conference, you know, not knowing what to expect. And what we realized was there's a lot of like. Arizona people that went there that are home builders they're part of the utility service providers and it was great because we can connect with them because hey we're from Arizona we're from ASU and making that connection they just started taking us around so we met with some of the huge energy home builders that are right there that we need to talk to to get and yeah. cope to the next level yeah, I think we'll be we'll keep going to Denver a lot and one of, yeah. our, one of our mentors lives north of Denver like yeah, Golden or somewhere. Somewhere near Golden. Yeah. 
So we'll be visiting. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love that place. Yeah, it's awesome. Have you heard of cul-de-sac? Like no, the company, just, not, just, not, yeah, not, 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 not yeah. the concept, the company, <laughs> no. you know? They are interesting. I, I don't I don't know that much about it from the inside, but they're a very well VC backed company that's building carless sustainable neighborhoods starting in Tempe, Arizona, um, and they're wow. they're just constructing houses right now. And like the whole team is in the SPHX Slack, and they're like they're they're like embedded. And I wonder if there's I don't know I wonder if there's something there. Um, they uh, the, the the two I believe there's two founders. I believe they're both U of A grads. So like this is Arizona. Like, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Just like be a, worth to check out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I actually am trying to live there. Uh, I I feel oh, like yeah. everyone in San Francisco like thinks that Cold Isaac is so dope, but they can't live there because it's in Phoenix, <laughs> which is which is exciting. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. What were you gonna say? No, that's pretty cool. That's why I was just taking notes. Yeah, I uh, actually want to launch. I tried to get the founder on the podcast, but they were like, "No press right now." I'm like, "I'll be on y'all. I'll get it one yeah. day." Um, but. Uh, <laughs> A couple more questions for you. So what would you say is the biggest learning that you had in the last two and a half years since founding this company? I mean, so much has happened. Like, what do you think are the biggest learnings? Uh, the biggest learning is, you know, don't be afraid to try new things. I mean, we, you know, we didn't want to graduate with our degrees and then just work in industry and work a nine to five job and just do the same thing day in, day out. This has allowed us to open our minds to, being able to come up with innovative ideas that not only, you know, are good business, but, you know, good for the planet itself. And yeah, I think that's one of the best yeah. things that we've figured out. Yeah. I mean, another piece of learning that I would say is, as Matt mentioned before, like, as you keep talking to people in your circle, you discover that it's a very small, close knit community at the top. So if you kind of know one right person, it's not going to be too late when you're going to be talking to like, each and every person through that one connection. So just yeah. making connections and talking to people about your company, that's that's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, I fully agree. I'm learning that with this podcast. Like I'm slowly breaking into like SF tech and it's like it's small. Yeah. You know, it, it, I mean it's bit it's not like small, but but it's small. People know each other. Yeah. And it's like that with any industry, like you're saying. Um, one thing I wanna circle back to and then just a couple more questions. Um, so do you mind sharing a little more about your Forbes 30 into 30 experience? Like, was there a, um, I, I know very little about it, honestly. I just know like every time they release a list. Um, but isn't there an event that you all go to where you get to all meet each other? Yeah. I think One, did a, you go? And two, like, what was that like if you did go? Yeah, to, no, so it's an <laughs> annual event which happens in October every year. So we are going to go to the one this year in 2020 ah, October. It. Yeah. Are you invited to every single one? We now? are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That is such <laughs> a flex in, a, in the best way. That, that, that is, it's like, you could be like 84 and say, you're just like, I won and I still get to go. Boom. That's cool. It's yeah. a, um, I don't know, it's actually interesting because the, the, the dynamics around Forbes and 30 like really interesting because like it's hated by a lot of people over 30. They're, they're, yeah. This is stupid. People try, you know, whatever. But um, it's it's just interesting. But like if you're under 30, it's like this, it just means, yeah. I don't know, it means something. And I just think something that is polarizing like that it, it is great for the world. It might not be, not everyone's going to believe that, but polarizing things in my opinion are are needed. I feel like I'm like a polarizing individual and the more polarizing people there are or polarizing 
organizations there are, I think the better off we'll be, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and we, plus, we know a bunch of people on the list now because we've been cool. traveling to all of these different startup conferences and events all over the U.S. And we were kind of pleasantly surprised when we saw all of these people on the list and we were like, oh, wow, like, look at this. And look at oh, you, you mean you knew them? Uh, yeah, before. we knew them ah, beforehand. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's funny. That's uh, that is, I, I, I yeah, I, I have like an inkling of that. I know a few, <laughs> but like that's, I, I feel like that means like it's even more deserving. You're like yeah. you're in that company already, right? Right. Um, which is uh, which is cool. Yeah. What would you say is one piece of advice I, both of you separately would give to? Let's like talk to the ASU student listening who follows the podcast or like, man, I'd love to start a, I'd love to start a company one day. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to do it. Like, what would you tell them, uh, to help them get their startup career started? Um, I'd say if they already have an idea, then go and talk to the people who you think that idea would help to really figure out if that's a problem worth solving. And if you're just someone who likes ideas and just go out there and talk to people, like say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking of. And people will give you their honest opinion. Maybe, you know, they could be biased, but yeah, I would just say, don't give up. Like if you really want to make a difference, disrupt some sort of industry, then be all in and don't be afraid to fail because that's how you learn. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, uh, I think we are living in an age where, uh, there are so many problems around us and every problem is a hint that there is an entrepreneur, you know, there is a place for an entrepreneur to jump in and find a creative solution. And plus in this age, like, I think we are really fortunate that there are so many resources which are available to us as entrepreneurs, like online, you have a whole world of people who can help you. Like if you're an ASU student or maybe a student on any other college campuses, usually you have some kind of an incubator or accelerator near you where you can have access to mentors and so many resources that can help you grow. So just don't think that you're alone and just it's, you know, okay, discuss your idea with a mentor and get their advice and feedback and see uh, what it takes to become, uh, you know, a make it bigger than just an idea and it's possible like there's so much encouragement development these days it's just awesome yeah that that, that is awesome i uh, i appreciate both of those answers and that kind of leads me to my last question um you are on your way well on your way to building an awesome company an awesome big company um but you i feel like founders can always use help when they when, when they can get it and <coughs> excuse me <coughs> We're just getting teary-eyed before I ask the question. <laughs> yeah. um, you got a bunch of people listening that know the questions coming, and uh, and the question is, how can the Forward Thinking Founders community help you guys? Is there an ask that you have uh, that one or two or all the listeners can help um, can can help you out with? They can help us by looking at what sort of products they're going to put on their home, or the next time they decide that they want to paint their home, stucco their home. Uh, look for us because, you know, we can be a value add solution to your home investment. And right now, like if anyone can introduce us to architects, home builders, developers, contractors, anyone in that ecosystem or space that, you know, is looking for innovative energy efficient technologies and is willing to give us a shot. 
Yeah, I think the same. Yeah, we're just looking to build contacts within the construction industry as well as uh, maybe somebody uh, who can help us do some extensive market research on the available opportunities for maybe sustainability and lead based grants. So we've been looking for someone who can help us with that. So if you if you know if you are someone or if you know of someone, uh, please reach out to us on our website. All right. Well, thanks guys for coming on. I think what you're working on is, is just super fascinating. And I am looking forward to seeing what happens with Encode and what happens with you two. So thanks again for coming on. Best of luck with everything. Yeah, definitely. Thanks yeah. a lot for everything. Yeah, thanks a lot for everything.